as scripture says, I'm this jar of clay and I can't do it perfectly. I'm not going to be the best guitar player you've ever seen or the best vocalist you've ever seen, but I've got this story that I love to tell and I've got, you know, an ability to tell it through music. So that's when I feel set free to, to do that is when it's really about the message that I'm holding, not the outer shell, not this, you know, jar of clay with all of its <laughs> cracks and creases. Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Caroline Cobb is a singer-songwriter from Texas. In 2011, she decided to write a song for every book of the Bible in one year. That ambitious goal set her on a path that she's still on more than 10 years later. She said, that year I discovered that I love writing songs from the Bible, delving into a passage, putting myself in each character's shoes, trying to understand how this one small story connects with the whole, then coming up with a way to communicate that story through song. That project has led to four studio albums so far, The Blood and the Breath, A Home and a Hunger, A Seed, A Sunrise, and most recently, A King and His Kindness. I wanted to know more about Caroline's story, so I asked her to join me on the Habit Podcast. Caroline Cobb, I'm so happy to have you on the Habit Podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I know it's been a while um, since you spent a year writing a song about each book of the Bible, but I... I hope you're not tired of talking about it because I, I want to. <laughs> I want to hear about it some more. And you didn't just start writing. You didn't just decide to do it. You actually did it. You wrote a, a song for every book of the Bible in the course. Yep. Of the year. Yes. So when I was about to turn thirty, I kind of was facing down this big birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, it popped into my mind uh, through some conversations with friends and other things to to make a goal, a songwriting goal, and I loved. God's word. And I had written from it before, mm-hmm. um, kind of creatively. And I really enjoyed that process. So I decided, what if I wrote a song for every book of the Bible in a year? And, yeah. um, I did it. So I made a spreadsheet, figured out how many songs I need to write per week. I told people I was doing it. Um, so there was a little bit of accountability, but I really, really, that was a really important year for me just personally. And also, obviously vocationally with music and uh-huh. um, I really enjoyed that process yeah. and kind of found, yeah, found a sweet spot there. What did you write about Philemon? <laughs> I, I don't honestly remember. <laughs> I, I, well, the good thing about that year is that now I kind of have a basic idea mm-hmm. of every book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I think one other thing that was really fun was to try to write from books like Philemon, Mm -hmm. which are pretty challenging. You're not going to find that many songs about that. So I don't remember that one. I do remember (laughs) really enjoying writing from Nahum. Uh So there, I don't, there's a lot of wrath and, you know, crazy stuff in there, but it was, it's really rich imagery wise, but that's probably one of those songs that will never be found. Yeah. uh, Right. That's, that's hidden on the internet. I'm not going to release every song that I wrote that year, (laughs) but it was, uh, it was, it it was really challenging in a lot of ways for books like that, for sure. Um, you know, can you tell me more about that process? You decide Mm -hmm. I'm going to write, you put these constraints on yourself and then what happened? Yeah, so um, I think every every week I was kind of on the hunt, trying to have my antenna up for like what, 
you know, what can I write from this week? What, what did the pastor talk about on Sunday? What are we talking about in Bible study? And as I, you know, was sort of always had my antenna up and looking, um, I would begin writing a song. And so I didn't go in any kind of order. I just sort of, as things came to me. And then when I tried to approach a song, I would really try to approach it like you would if you were, you know, teaching on it. So Mm -hmm. maybe as a pastor would exposit a text and Uh ask those who, what, when, where, why questions and try to be faithful to the text. But then the fun part is bringing all of the, uh, the tools that a songwriter or writer has, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm going to play with point of view. And instead of just telling the story, you know, from the reader's perspective or the typical perspective, what if Mm -hmm. I was, I was Eve, how would I be feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. after the fall or what would that have felt like? And really too, what, what would that have sounded like? I mean, you can pick um, all kinds of melody that can tell the story. So it never was linear like that. It wasn't like I did this first and then I Uh did this, but at the same time, those were, those things were all at play. I think while I was uh, trying to write these songs. Yeah. Um, So it was really, really cool. Yeah. It was really fun. I love that idea of, of, you know, uh, point of view, you know, it, think, thinking in terms of point of view as a way to tell a story. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know in, in at least one song, you tell it from the point of view of a Pharisee. Right. Um, right. And just, it, you know, the, the way you invite a reader, I'm not, not a reader, a listener into, <laughs> into that story. Uh, yes. Is really, really neat. Uh, I saw some interview or a post or something where you, you, you said that um, that year changed the trajectory of your, of your life or of your, you know, career or, or writing. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it changed the trajectory of. Why, why don't you, mm-hmm. why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it kind of on several levels um, on a personal level, just seeing, I mean, I, I already loved, you know, the Bible, um, but I think I just could see so much panoramic, like fullness, and I could see how this story hyperlinks to this story and this mm-hmm. image. You can trace it from the garden all the way to Revelation, and it's really just beautiful. It's a it's a deep well of things yeah. to write about and, and sing about, and you really can't. It's unsearchable, um, so you really can't stop. Uh, <laughs> continuing to write from it. So I think in that way, it was really beneficial and just on a heart level. Um, I think too, for me, before that time, I had kind of looked at being a songwriter. I had played shows and I had recorded albums, but it was always like a really serious mm-hmm. and really expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in that year, I found kind of a sweet spot where I was like, oh, this is, this is what I love to do. And it also helped that it really wasn't about me. I mean, I definitely am in those songs. I write from passages that are personal to me. But the way that I can offer these stories to people and not just try to promote my own, you know, self-expression, um, but really help people rehearse and remember, remember these stories as they're kind of living their lives. I think that freed me up to be like, no, I'm not, I don't want to just do this as a hobby. It's not just something that I do, but I kind of keep, you know, a secret. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do this. And so that was a shift where it was like turning it from a really serious, expensive hobby that I kind of had like two lives going to saying like, no, I am a singer songwriter and this is how I'm going to live that out. I'm going to tell the story. So that was huge. Um, and then I think 
as you know, like I really didn't stop from there. So yeah. it was more of a launching pad where I learned I love doing this. I love scripture. I love songwriting. And I love this kind of combination. So why don't I keep doing this? And mm-hmm. it, again, it's such a deep well. I, I just keep writing songs that tell the story. So I haven't had a goal that monumental or that big <laughs> since then. But I'm always writing <clears throat> writing songs that are you know, from that are telling the stories from scripture mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, even now, even, you know, this week I was working on more. So I, I, I love doing it and it's, it's launched me into continuing to do that and putting out album after album yeah. that traces a theme or a story from scripture. Um, do you write songs that aren't exploring scripture? Yes, you I do. do. Yeah. So I, I put out one, album that was more, or more of an EP that um, was more personal. Uh-huh. Um, Since personal 2011? Songs. Yes. Uh-huh. Wrote about motherhood and kind of even mm-hmm. uh, a song about being a songwriter and just kind of how I'm thinking through that. But for the most part, I find myself just continuing to tell the story through scripture. I have just all these different mm-hmm. ideas for the next album. Yeah. But sometimes I'll have a little um, collection of songs that don't fit into a category or into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll, and I'll want to release those too. So yeah. I do that as well. Yeah. So I'm really interested in this idea that, that you just alluded to that it was, you know, what sort of freed you up to take this seriously is not just a hobby. Right. Uh, was not you, it, it was when you let go of, of that, of the, um, you're going to have to help me out because you're the one who originally said this. But, but when, you let, <laughs> when you let go of uh, – when you started thinking in terms of, of the audience and, and what you could give to other people, yeah, that's when – what I'm hearing from you is that's the point at which you were will, able to say, you know, I can move beyond this as a hobby because this isn't just about – if this were if this were just about me, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I, my, my imaginary hobby is fly fishing. Mm-hmm. I don't actually get out there and do it very often or succeed at it when I do go, but, <laughs> right. but that's a, that's a hobby that I don't do for the sake of, I mean, it's a, by almost by definition, a hobby is I'm doing it for my own sake or not for right. the sake of anybody else or for the sake of the fish or anything. It's just something I like to do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing, I mean, I guess we think of, of artists as being somehow self-indulgent or self, Mm-hmm. you know self whatever and you're saying is when you like when you let go of self a little bit and you saw this as being valuable to somebody besides self it, it wasn't a hobby anymore but it was something yeah and i'm not sure attention. you know everyone's story would fit into exactly that you know mm-hmm. um, formula but mm-hmm. i i do feel like for me i felt this pull of like i want to be authentic i don't want to you know just be about self-expression. I couldn't, I couldn't get there for that, Mm -hmm. but I I don't think that's always bad. But yet at the same time, I think when I realized that not many people were doing this and it came so naturally to me Uh and it was like a burning in my bones. Like Uh I just have so many songs to write in this category, um, doing this that I, uh, that I 
felt like set free to say like, no, I'm really doing this. Because yeah. I always wondered like, what is this music thing to me? Uh-huh. You know, what, what is this? And I didn't really have a category. No one I knew had tried to do the singer songwriter thing. I didn't grow up. Um, I wasn't a music major. I didn't grow up in a family that, you know, no one did that. So yeah. Yeah. for me, it was a little bit out of my box and I kind of fell into it. But once I realized, oh, you know, I want to help people know this story the way that, you know, in a, in a, a biblically imaginative way, like I want to help people get it from their head to their gut. I just felt really set free to continue to do that. Um, so yeah, for me, it was about, I mean, I'm, I'm still in these songs, but the mm-hmm. fact that they're not just about me, that I yeah. feel like as scripture says, I'm this jar of clay yeah. and I can't do it perfectly. I'm not going to be the best guitar player you've ever, ever seen or the best vocalist you've ever seen, but I've got this story that I love to tell and I've got, you know, an ability to tell it through music. So that's when I feel set free to, to do that is when it's really about the message that I'm holding, not the outer shell, not this, yeah. you know, yeah. jar of clay with all of its <laughs> cracks and creases. I hope you can see through those cracks to this uh-huh. treasure that we have to tell about. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think it's important as people doing creative work, um, you, you've talked about self-expression. I think it's helpful um, to sort of take self-expression for granted, right? To say, mm-hmm. in the process of doing the work, you're going to express yourself. You can't help it. Uh, you know, this self, self-expression is, is unavoidable. It's neither, it's not a, you know, it's not a goal, but it's, it's just something that happens. And so I, I think right. when you, when you take it for granted, rather than saying my goal here is to express myself, mm-hmm. then you're, you're freed up to, to tend to other business. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely still in all of these songs. Yeah. Like this is what God's teaching me or, you know, you know, I have had, had things I've had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but I tend to express it through a way that I hope is universal enough where people can, you know, access, yeah. access it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't avoid self-expression definitely. and, um, and you, but you don't, yeah, I think you should yeah, take it for granted. I'm going to express myself, so now I'm going to go sit down and write, and write this song right. or write this story or, or whatever. Yes, uh, for sure. That's um, a good point. So can we talk about paradox? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think when you, the, your commitment, you know, when I listen to your songs, um, yeah, I realize a couple of things. If you're going to write about the gospel in, mm-hmm. a, in a way that's faithful to the way you know, the gospel is presented in scripture, you better be comfortable with paradox. Mm. Um, and, and at the same time, it, it occurs to me that, um, that paradox is, is such an engine for creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, you're um, a song. I mean, I, I love your song. There's a mountain. What's that first line? There's a mountain that only the lame can climb. Right. Um, what a great line. Um, and, and such a paradox. Do you see paradox as a, as a, well, like I said, a, a, a source or an engine of, of creativity? Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Even as you were talking, I was just thinking like um, the albums that I've made that are telling these, this story, 
um, they all are alliteration. So there's mm-hmm. the blood and the breath, a home and a hunger, mm-hmm. um, a seed, a sunrise, and then a king and his kindness. Mm-hmm. And even in the titles, I was just realizing like there's paradox there. Mm. Um, the blood and the breath was about death and life and mm-hmm. holding those two things together and tracing that through scripture. You can't have resurrection without death. Yeah. Um, and a home and a hunger. You can't appreciate home. Hmm. If you're if you're not hungry for it, if you don't ache for it, yeah. um, if you already have it, um, so I I love that Emily Dickinson poem when it's, she says like success is counted sweetest by those who ne'er succeed. <laughs> uh, to comprehend a nectar requires sorest need, and I think there's a lot of that in scripture where hmm. um, if we don't realize the depth of our sin, or if we don't realize how far away we were from God and how unable we were, mm-hmm. um, he, his gospel isn't as good. It's mm-hmm. not, we can't savor it. We don't realize we need it. And so I think there is a lot of that in scripture because I think I've, or a lot of that in my songs, I feel like I see a lot of that in scripture and I have felt that in my own life um, where God will bring me to the end of myself, mm-hmm. uh, where I hit a wall and I realize like, oh man, the gospel is really, really good news for me. Yeah. Um, we don't outgrow it. So yeah, with there's a mountain, I think that's what I was hoping to do is show like the upside downness of God's kingdom. Like we can't comprehend how good it is until we see how hungry we are for it, how much we need it. Um, and the nice thing, the beautiful thing is that his gospel, that is all it requires is need, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we get to respond to it and worship and obedience, but we don't, we can't try to earn it or climb up the mountain in our own strength. Only when we admit in faith that we need him and believe on the gospel, will we be able to, you know, climb this Mm -hmm. uh, metaphorical mountain. And I think that's really, really beautiful. Yeah. I hope that answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I love thinking about it. I don't think I've ever thought, well, I want to write about the paradoxes in this, but I think I see those tensions as uh, really beautiful and, um, you need one for the other. Yeah. And more or less by definition, I mean, a, a paradox is something that you, you can't explain. You can only enter into. Right. And so, um, you know, really a, a paradox lends itself to song and to story in a way mm-hmm. that I, I, I'm not saying you can't uh, people explain and exposit paradoxes all the time. Mm-hmm. But it is, I think it especially lends itself to sto- story and song even more so than speechifying. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so I, um, I love the way, you know, a song like There's a Mountain invites us to just inhabit this, this paradox mm-hmm. um, and to take joy in it. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, a, that's, I think it's, it's easy to miss the truth when you're trying to explain a paradox rather than inhabit a paradox through mm. story or song, you can miss the fact that there's just a lot of joy in, in all these, yeah. these paradoxes. Right. And they almost feel like a joke. You know, the idea that there's a mountain that only a lame person can climb. Uh-huh. That's a little bit like that, a joke, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, that that's not how we, that's not what we experience often in life. And so that God would give us to that is give us that as an incredible gift you know yeah yeah well that particular song 
Um, you know, as you said, it's about the upside downness of the gospel and, mm-hmm. and the futility of our efforts to perform and to achieve and that kind of thing. Um, how has that idea, like th- this, this idea of letting go of striving, of, mm-hmm. of, you know, not being goal oriented, um, you know, the, 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 the gospel essentially is a, you know, a, a not a goal oriented economy. Um, and yet, you know, you set a goal to write <laughs> a book for every, right. uh, of some for every book of the Bible. I mean, it, obviously, it required discipline, it required effort. Is, yeah. is, what does the gospel have to do with your creative life besides yeah. the subject matter? Yeah, I mean, I think w- right now we're talking, I'm in the middle of a a sabbatical and I feel like I gave myself I gave myself this sabbatical because I I hit the end of 2021 as I'm sure a lot of other people did just like on my face <laughs> my I kind of burned out my my dad actually died in September mm. um suddenly and I think that was just sort of oh yeah uh pretty overwhelming and so we Anyway, so I'm kind of in this new phase of thinking, like, I feel like I want to, I will answer your question, (laughs) but I feel like the image that I had in my mind for a little bit there was just one of hustle and striving with music, even. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to keep pushing this boulder uphill. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I let go, like, all the work I've done will just fall. (laughs) Uh I won't, I need to keep going. And that's a very lonely, very isolating, very, uh, you know, exhausting kind mm-hmm. of image to have for your creative life. And mm-hmm. so I, I didn't even realize I, I had slipped into that and that's not how it started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, I hope not how it ends, but I'd <laughs> slipped into that with a lot of, I released a ton of music, went on a lot of, went on the road a ton and just really busy. Yeah. Um, and I think as I'm in this sabbatical time, I feel like God is saying, I want you to replace that image and, functionally replace that image with an image of a farm, you know, here's the Wendell Berry, like (laughs) inspiration, but where I've given, I'll give you some seeds. You have what you have. um, And I want you to work hard. I want you to tend to your, Mm. your soil and Mm -hmm. cultivate the land that you've been given. But at the end of the day, um, I am the one that causes the growth. And in this, In that picture, you know, there is no isolating, pushing the rock uphill. Uh, it's yeah. more of a community effort. Every conversation, everything that I'm a part of is feeding into that, fertilizing that soil, if you will. Yeah. And the harvest, I think, will last a lot longer. Um, so I, I think that, that it's good to have goals. It's good to work really, really hard. But there's sort of a faith there where you say, like, I'm going to sit down to write a song. But I literally cannot do this on my own, only in abiding yeah. in God and whatever that magic is that yeah. happens at the piano or at the guitar. That's what I need. So that's so good. Caroline, you said you, you suggested that you've slipped back into striving or you did and that, that you're in the mm-hmm. sabbatical as a way of dealing with that. Is that, is that a fair way to, to put it? Yeah. Well, I think I just needed a sabbatical. And then now when I, uh, as I've been processing, I think I, I saw, I can see now that I had accidentally 
you know, even from a pure place of wanting to write all these songs and all of that, uh-huh. I have slipped back into sort of a striving can you can Mentality. you put a finger on how you? I mean, maybe by definition, if you slipped into it, you can't put a finger on mm-hmm. how you got there. Mm-hmm. But any thoughts on on how you went from a purer place to a more striving mm-hmm. place? Well, I mean, I think I'm still thinking through this, um, but I think for one, um, I naturally kind of fall into like this workhorse mentality, mm-hmm. which you know I function that way. I wouldn't say that I believe that I wouldn't right. speak that over anyone else, <laughs> but I can go there. Um, and so with God, I kind of feel like on a personal level, he's telling me like, Hey, you are my beloved child. You don't have to do anything mm-hmm. um, in order to earn that place. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of, he's sort of flipping the paradigm there for me of make, helping me realize that I was functioning more as like a dutiful servant, uh-huh. uh, which is also an image in scripture. But I think yeah. a, a key image for me needs to be that child, that beloved. Um, so I think there's that aspect. Um, and I also think just kind of the culture and the, the, the water we're all swimming in between, you know, social media and mm. just everyone is I mean, for music, you feel like you have to be constantly feeding this machine, like more yeah. singles, more, more music, more, and I, I just think my heart kind of, my heart kind of shriveled in that mm. um, water. And so I'm trying to rethink how can I do this in a, in a way that's sustainable, but that doesn't cause me to, you know, wear out. Um, and I'm a work in progress there. <laughs> I'm asking a lot of, for a lot of feedback and, and really praying about that a lot. Um, but I, I sense a shift in, you know, kind of returning to my first love, which is songwriting and the Bible, and then letting things kind of grow from that soil rather than, you know, just constantly producing. Yeah. Um, so it might slow the pace a bit, uh, but then at the same time, music is really expensive to make. So how, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's kind of a, a good question of like, how can I do this in a way that's sustainable where I don't burn out? Yeah. But that's that's where I am. I feel like this sabbatical is really, I really needed it. And um, I'm excited. I haven't stopped writing songs, though. Uh-huh. So writing songs is like restful for me. Uh-huh. So I've been, I've written a ton. Uh-huh. But I think I've had more margin as I've taken off the manager hat. Uh-huh. You know, as an independent songwriter, you have to do so many things that aren't really in your wheelhouse. And I've just let myself wear that artist hat over, you know, long stretches it's it's been really refreshing for me oh yeah hey i don't know if you resonate with that uh, well yeah (laughs) i do resonate with that yeah i the 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 agricultural image i think is so helpful Mm -hmm. because you still have to work right you you, right the, the farmer still has to work but but no farmer is foolish enough to think that you know, she's really the one doing the work. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. There's some kind of miracle happening under there. Yeah. That we have no control over. Yeah. Um, and then. And yeah, even if you let the field lie fallow, that is part of farming. Mm-hmm. Like we need to rest. And if I overwork the ground, uh-huh. no, no good songs will come up. You know, they'll dry. They won't be, the harvest won't be as, as as uh, nourishing, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then even if, you know, I stop, if there's a good harvest, it'll continue to grow without me. So I think there's a lot of uh, aspects to that metaphor that are resonating with me right now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, 
And I, w- I want to hear a little bit more about your, about sabbatical mm-hmm. and um, the idea of working from rest. I mean, that, that sounds like that's, that's what you're doing here. You're being, you know, as a result of, of your sabbatical, you, mm-hmm. you're still being productive in a healthy way in a, in a helpful way. Um, and, and, and also, I mean, the, the whole point of, of Sabbath is not the whole point, but a, a major point of Sabbath is to acknowledge that the world keeps going, even when I'm right. not striving. Right, exactly. The, the world doesn't requ- require my help to, to keep spinning. Right. So that's not a yeah. question. That's just, that's just <laughs> talk about sabbatical. I, I, yeah. I want to hear some of, some of what you've been learning from the process of taking a sabbatical. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in, I knew I needed one and then I, and then once I had already planned it, then I was like, Oh, I really need one. <laughs> by the end of the year, I, I had already planned to do it. I had already said no to concerts and all that. And then by the end of the year, I was thinking, I am so glad that I'm taking these three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, just like pulling back and not being on the hamster wheel of, I think work begets work. So if you release an album or if you release a book, then you're doing interviews or you're trying to write articles or you're trying to, you know, be a good steward of the work you put out into the world. Uh-huh. Um, but for me, just to say, I'm going to, I'm going to step off the treadmill for a bit and, and reassess and ask God to speak in. And now as I get back on the, tr- you know, treadmill, so, so to speak, I'd love to slow down the pace. And I kind of feel like I've seen, oh, well, think I've thought a little bit of outside the box. So maybe I could do this in a different way. Um, and I'm still asking God and asking some other people to speak into what that actually looks like. Um, but I think if I hadn't stopped to rest and kind of pulled off of social media and pulled off of the the treadmill of producing and producing and putting out more and putting out more that I wouldn't have been able to see some of those insights. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been sweet to create without any pressure to put it out quite yet. But now that I've written, I mean, I've written, I already feel like I have two albums Uh (laughs) of, of songs that are brewing and I'm, I'm like making myself not do anything with them um, yet, which I think, is a discipline in and, of, in and of itself. But I think in the long run, the, the next albums that I put out, I hope will be rich and, you know, for the slowness with which they were uh, created. Mm-hmm. You use the phrase being a good steward. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me until you just, just said it. That can be a really dangerous phrase because it right. sounds so righteous. Right, right. You exactly. know, I could justify any kind of striving and overwork by saying, I'm just trying to be a good steward. Yes, it's tripped me up. <laughs> My <laughs> husband is like, hey, no. He's very, uh, he's a good um, anchor for me because mm-hmm. I would just press the accelerator and go. Mm-hmm. And I think he's kind of consistent about reminding me about faithfulness and, you know, God's kingdom. And yeah. just because you put something out there doesn't mean you have to make sure it gets carried to everywhere it could be carried to. Um, mm-hmm. So there's sort of a balance there where you want, if I make an album, I don't want to just sit on it. Yeah. Um, it's for other people. Right. But at the same time, again, um, I also don't want to over 
over her kill it. I, I want to be somebody of prayer, like saying like, God, do with this, whatever you want. I'm going to, you know, yeah. sow the seed and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. The harvest is kind of his business. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's our, I mean, the how to of that is really delicate. I don't right. know how to, how to do that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying we should throw out the notion of being a good steward, you know, Yeah, but yeah, I think exactly. we should also realize that, that, that that's, it's complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. It is com- like if you write a book and of course you should, you know, try to promote it. But at, at some point that promoting becomes um, taking things in your own hands, you know, mm-hmm. and same with music. And so how do we, how do we answer that? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's important to know that there's, there are two, there's a slippery slope on either mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Um, are you going to um, start touring again? later this year or yeah i have a couple concerts kind of laid out in may i mean they're it's all very like low-key it's not like i'm putting together a huge tour tours right (laughs) well it's never that but um (laughs) i you know i may put together a tour in the fall um i'm just trying to listen and see i'm not quite sure yet that was the plan and now i'm trying to just make sure that that's the right thing to do. I love playing shows. Uh So it's not that that is exhausting. It's the actual travel and the, you know, the busyness of it. Right. Yeah. So. Um, Okay. I got to ask you my typical last question. And that is who are the writers who make you want to write besides Nahum? Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bonus points if anyone finds that song, but then please don't, please don't tell anyone else where you found it. Um, I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I think, you know, songwriters like Sandra McCracken and mm-hmm. Andrew Peterson, I've actually listened to them for a really long time. And in a way they've, you know, discipled me from a distance mm-hmm. and just how they write. Um, I think people like Eugene Peterson or Wendell Berry have also been huge influences in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. I think not only the way they write or how they put a sentence together, but also their, their sacramental mm-hmm. life yeah. um, where they are, I feel like they're really rooted uh, and have their antenna up and are mm-hmm. awake mm-hmm. to things. And I think that's, that's something that's influenced me. I don't, I can't say that I do a great job of it, but I want to continue to grow in that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Those, that's who comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, have you uh, seen the um, article about Wendell Berry that came out in the New Yorker a couple of weeks ago? No, I haven't. Or last week. Mm-hmm. So good. So okay, I, I think, I think if you just Google it, you'll, you'll okay. see it. It's not behind a paywall or anything. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Caroline, it's, it's, been fun to talk to you, and it's, and it's so I, I love seeing what has come out of your faithfulness to this, um, to this work that's kind of unfolded. You know that you didn't know that you were, you didn't know that it was your, you know, ten years ago you didn't know it was your calling to be mm-hmm. to be the person who wrote all these scripture, these these songs that explore scripture, and that, and, and you know all this beautiful, this very rich visual language and in, in, mm-hmm. in, in language of imagery that, that the scriptures provide. It's, it's really fun to see how, how that has enriched um, your work that then enriches people like me who listen to it. So, mm-hmm. so thank you for your thank faithfulness you. to that calling. And yeah, uh, thank you. I love what you're doing. So thanks for being here. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation and thanks for letting me, you know, go into my counseling session mode here as I try to figure out my future. Yeah, right. No, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you. The Habit Podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. To check out more of our podcasts, visit rabbitroom.com slash podcast. Our work at The Rabbit Room would be impossible without the generous support of our membership. If you'd like to learn more about membership at The Rabbit Room, visit rabbitroom.com slash member. And thanks for listening. The Habit Membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at thehabit.co.